You're listening to Bridge the Gap Season 3, a podcast dedicated to inform, educate, and influence the future of housing and services for seniors. This podcast is powered by supporting partners One Day, Propel Insurance, Inquire, LTC REIT, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity. Learn more at btgvoice.com. Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast, the senior living podcast with Josh and Lucas, another exciting show. We're bringing on a leader in the industry that's been around a very long time from his family business roots into senior living. We want to welcome the CEO of Frontier Management, Greg Roderick. Welcome to the program. And thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, um, it's been great to get to know you recently, um, and your business continues to grow and expand in so many different directions. Um, I was fascinated to learn of your deep roots in this business. Tell us more about your background. Sure. It's been my pleasure. Uh, my grandfather actually uh, entered the senior housing communities uh, business uh, through a good friend of his named Carl Campbell. Up in uh, Wenatchee, Washington is where Carl Campbell is from. My grandfather, uh, believe it or not, was an IRS agent, one of our most favorite people for all the rest of us. Uh, He uh, realized in his auditing uh, that the nursing home business uh, back then, convalescent hospitals, uh, was a great place to uh, find uh, kind of relatively uh, a, a tax haven of sorts. And his friend, Carl Campbell, was an owner, operator, and landlord of many skilled nursing or convalescent hospitals back in the, those days. It were, I'm going back into the 50s and 60s. Carl Campbell then ended up building a few buildings for my grandfather to operate and lease from him. And I think he did something about three, maybe three or four skilled nursing facilities and some dormitories at a Seventh-day Adventist uh, college up there in Washington State. And uh, unfortunately, my grandfather passed away at a relatively young age with uh, brain tumors. But uh, in that time, my family was, that was the launch. My, My dad and his three brothers and my grandmother and my grandfather all were working, uh, mowing the yards, doing dishes. I mean, very family business, working the business at the nursing home. And uh, so that was where my father uh, learned from his dad and his mother uh, the space. Uh, so fast forward a number of years, my, my father uh, went to college uh, with his and met his best friend, Bill Colson, who later started Holiday. Uh, they met in college. Uh, my dad went on to do some Army Reserve and worked for uh, General Electric Credit Corp, GECC, and uh, was into equipment leasing. Well, while he was doing that, and Bill Colson, his best friend, was working for his father as a home builder and, and so forth, um, they later came back together and realized there's a way to get back into the senior housing business. So they went to Carl Campbell once again and said, we'd like to see if you would launch us uh, and build us some buildings and lease us some buildings. And they, and Carl was gracious enough to do that. Well, they went off and they did quite a few, maybe 30 or 40 of them. Uh, Carl Campbell and Vic Lund later, uh, they, they founded a company called uh, Camloo. 
Cam Lou is Cam for Campbell. Vic Lund was the Lou. And they included my, my dad and Bill Colson, a few other great folks, uh, to expand this new concept of Camloos, which were the earliest of retirement homes. And uh, my dad and Bill uh, rolled those out with Carl and Vic and, and had a great run at it. But it was tough. It was new concept. It was not need driven, you know, some meals and activities and utilities with a, with a live-in manager, very new, uh, took some real marketing to get those things going. Uh, but Bill Colson just loved it. He thought that was the coolest thing in the world. There's no state regulators kind of felt better to him. Uh, my dad loved the lower risk of the nursing homes and uh, the reimbursement, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, so they decided to split ways and Bill took most of the retirement. My dad took all pretty much all the nursing homes, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, and so off they went and Bill started holiday retirement with his new business. And my dad kept going with his. And just a few years later, my dad uh, sold Maybe, maybe eight or nine years later, he sold to Beverly Enterprises. I think today is called Golden Age. And, uh, you know, it had a windfall of, uh, of money. And before he sold, you know, we, my brother and I were kids and we were working at the buildings. And uh, the last job I had with my dad, he had me digging ditches uh, for, at a construction site. I was couldn't ever figure out why I was digging ditches when there's equipment that would do that at that point. <laughs> the industrial revolution had actually created equipment for that. But I think he just wanted to give me uh, some real work ethic, which he did. And that was great. And um, so I learned, uh, I learned the construction side, but, you know, over the dinner table, we had everybody in, in the industry, you know, coming over for dinner, going to their houses for dinner, hanging out with people and, and uh, even our grade school, frankly, was, <clears throat> excuse me, um, mostly healthcare kids and retirement home kids, skilled nursing. It was an Adventist school. And uh, you know, I went to school with uh, Bart and Brad Colson, Bill's kids, and, and the Killen family, and just, just a, lot of, a lot of senior housing people. I went to the same grade school. It was really fun. Um, Kind of, kind of gave us a little bit of a odd view on life. We all, we all thought that the whole world was based on healthcare. So it was, uh, it was until my teens I realized there people do other things. Um, so my dad unfortunately passed away at the age of forty-five in a car accident um, after he had sold the business, and he was also unfortunately in in the throes of bankruptcy, which was a really uh, new world for us. Uh, we had we had been raised in a pretty very uh, pretty very comfortable environment, um, and you know, but the bankruptcy really taught us a lot of you know good things. You know, be appreciative and you know, take anything for granted. Work hard, save hard. Uh, you know, diversify. And so, at the age of twenty, my dad had just passed away, and we were completely broke. Um, Good news for me, I'd, I'd been to college for a year, but I had to quit to uh, help uh, fund my 
self, my dad's lifestyle, et cetera, uh, through his bankruptcy. But uh, after he passed away, I called up Bill Colson. And fortunately for me, Bill was uh, gracious enough to take the call. He allowed uh, me some time to meet with one of his regionals. And at 20 years old, I um, actually moved into a retirement home in Beaverton, Oregon, where I became the assistant manager. Uh, I beat a couple of other people out in uh, in the interview process, and um, I was I was I was pretty motivated to work because I was days away from being homeless at that point. And uh, it was a very humbling experience, but I worked really hard for Bill and he saw me uh, put the hours in, uh, keep the building full on budget, etc. And I worked at that building as the assistant manager, eventually became the manager. Uh, for about 18 months. And then from there, they just put me on the road. It was uh, it was go time. So I was out there um, uh, marketing properties, opening buildings, turning buildings around. Um, eventually, I got involved with the RTC, the Resolution Trust Corporation asset portfolio that they had acquired. And uh, I, was, I was in charge of turning around nine of the 27 buildings that we took over over a 12 month period. And so we got, I, I took over nine buildings, uh, right sized the staff, uh, marketed them and got them financially stable enough to refinance and, and so forth. Uh, but eventually in, in that transition, uh, I became the regional of, uh, for, for operations in the state of Florida. And this is, I'm, I'm a kid from Salem, Oregon. So that was like, I was so excited. I was like, oh my goodness, it's so warm and nice here. And uh, along the way, I had met a, uh, a girl at one of these transition takeover buildings. And uh, I ended up marrying that girl. And uh, I t- before we even went out, I told my boss at, at Holiday, you should really move me soon because I'm probably going to start seeing somebody. And she works at the building and my regional was going, Oh, don't do that. You know, that's bad. That's bad. I'm like, well then get me out of here. And I won't, I won't go out if you get me out of here. Well, they didn't find another place for me to take over anything quick enough. So I went out with her Uh, three weeks later, we were engaged a year and a half later, we were married and uh, we moved to Florida and built a house and took over the region and she was a uh, she became a marketing director for me at one of my buildings, and she averaged thirty two move ins a month, and I was thrilled because it was a very large property. So she kept me full there. Um, eventually, after six years at Holiday Retirement, I got moved. Uh, I, I got recruited <clears throat> uh, by a friend of mine named Eric Jacobson, who's still a very good close friend of mine, who is the CEO of uh, Seasons Management in Lake Oswego, Oregon. He and I worked together at Holiday for a number of years, but he uh, he recruited me to come over with him to a company called Regent Assisted Living, which is uh, today Bowen Senior Living. Uh, we 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 had three buildings, and I became the VP of operations for just three buildings. But we grew it to thirty five over the next five years, and uh, we grew it. We took it public and took it private, but it was really uh, a, a dynamic opportunity to grow. Uh, through development, a little bit of acquisition, a uh, senior housing portfolio of all assisted living and, and or memory care, even freestanding memory care, which was kind of the, some of the early days in that. Um, 
after five years there, I became, I was recruited to uh, become the CFO. And it, you've probably figured out I'm not an accountant. I do not have a college degree. I was like, oh, CFO, huh? That's, yeah, that's sure. That sounds great. Um, the first day job, uh, I, it was fine. It was nice. Everyone was really friendly. The second day of the job, they came clean and said, hey, look, we have no money. We need, uh, we need millions of dollars and you need to go out and find it. And I'm like, okay, well, what did, you know? So we, they needed about 3 million bucks to avoid bankruptcy in the next couple of days. So I had to, as the CFO, my job was quickly, I realized these guys need tons of money and we need to wind down the business. So I got a hard money loan, which is, I don't, hopefully no, you or none of your viewers have ever had to use hard money, but it's when they say it's hard money, it's, it's, it's the tough stuff. Uh, got the money arranged, paid down the, the bills, got everyone paid their payroll, nothing was bouncing. And from then I had 10 months to wind down the business, pay off the debt and uh, close the shop. So we did all that liens under management or lease or, or uh, assumption of debt. And then I took over about $7 million of the owner's personal debt and started frontier management with a pile of debt, a bunch of old broken buildings. And it just turned out it built that, uh, that Carl Campbell was the owner of all of those buildings. And so he was gracious enough to allow the third Roderick to come in and work with him. Oh, thank goodness. And uh, I, it took me 15 years. Uh, I've been in business for 20, but it took me 15 years to pay off all that debt that I assumed uh, to kind of clean up those buildings. I got, got to keep a couple of them still. I've got about five of the originals out of the 10, uh, sold off the others. And uh, you know, we started the business 20 years ago, and uh, you know, we're at 125 buildings today. We'll be at 126 on Monday of next week. Um, it's been an exciting time, and and uh, I've, I I will tell you, in my career, I've been very fortunate to attract and um, and just get some of the best people in the world. I mean, my team is everything. I've also got a a clientele uh, that is fantastic. We're transparent with them. We shoot straight. We work hard. Uh, they recognize that, and you know, I, I have a I have a real obligation to them to to, to give them all I got. Uh, as much as I do the residents, as much as I do the staff. I mean, I I, I see those three groups equally important. I've got to have a client base. I've got to have my resident they're happy my fantastic employees i'm i'm nothing so that's why i put myself out there a lot i travel hard i want i want to see the buildings i want to meet the staff i want to meet the residents i want to build culture uh today i'm in you know south carolina yesterday i was in new orleans next week i'm in northern and southern california um i i love travel uh even in a covid environment you know bring it on I've already had it, so I'm, I'm kind of, fortunately, I'm immune from it at this point for a few more months. So, um, yeah. So, no, I uh, my background uh, is is rich in history with senior housing. I have I have two kids. My wife has two kids. Hopefully, one, two, three, or four of them will eventually find their way this way because it's a it's a very rewarding 
business. Um, it is hard work, but there's the, the feel good is incredible. I mean, you get to go to bed every night knowing you actually had an impact on a life or many lives. And I don't know many industries like that other than first say not for profits. Um, so I'm very fortunate that way. Is do anybody have any questions at this point? I'm, I'm 52 <laughs> years old, incidentally. So I, I mean, I've been doing this 32 years. So. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Greg. So that is an amazing story. Thank you for for sharing that. That was I see now why Lucas was able to have a dinner with you and learned. Uh, I think probably a lot of that and a lot more. And he said, you know, we got to have Greg on the show. I can see why. So DNA that you have is definitely senior housing, healthcare, and what a, a vast uh, array of experiences you've had that give you a unique perspective um, right. on the history of our our industry. I know our listeners probably have all kinds of questions. So Lucas and I, are, we'll, we'll take a, a couple of, of minutes here to maybe uh, guess what some of those questions might be. But I'll tell okay. you, one of the things um, I would like to just personally know your perspective on, um, and, and I'll hit the first one. So Lucas and I have often talked about kind of the unique situation our industry appears to be in right now with this sort of transitioning of not only, um, a generational transition from kind of the, the greatest generation to the boomer generations that aren't quite here yet, but they're kind of coming, but also um, a leadership transition to where um, a, a lot of a lot of our our founders, folks that have been in the industry and like you have had it in their DNA their their whole lives that have blood, sweat, and tears built this industry, and then you see this young group uh, coming in eager. They never had heard of senior living before, but now all of a sudden they've landed in it somehow and are loving it. And, and they're eager to see things change, and there feels like there's this healthy friction of passing of the mantle or mentorship. What's your unique perspective on, on where we are as an industry in those categories? Yeah, um, it's a great question. I think that it's something that we're all talking more and more about, frankly, is who's the next generation of leaders that are going to take over or start their own businesses I've been in a very unique position. Um, I know a lot of people, obviously, from the industry. And, and from time to time, people will even come to me and say, hey, I want to start my own company. And um, it's, it's immediately exciting. And I've helped uh, you know, three or four folks out there start their own companies in our space where, for a good example, if I see that they've got the talent and passion for it uh, and, the, and the willingness to really work hard, I'll start uh, maybe pushing some business their way that I wouldn't normally take anyway, but it needs a good manager um, or good management company. Um, so I've helped a number of folks launch their businesses. Um, you know, a good friend of mine, Kevin Benema with Charter Senior Living, uh, he and I had an introductory dinner together. Our wives were with us and we had a great time just connected on such a good level. And uh, through that dinner, he mentioned he would like to start his own company at some point. And I think it was within a week we 
helped him launch Charter, uh, helped him do the back office and helped him market the business and grow. And at about 13, 14 buildings, he uh, acquired our interest and kept going. And he's now today, he's, he's, in a, he's growing. And it's very exciting to see him take off. And I've got several other uh, friends that have done the same thing. But to go back to your original question, you know, where, where does the leadership coming from for the next wave and the next generation. And I, we, I think most of us have put it upon ourselves to really groom uh, the, the, this next younger group of people coming in. Um, I will say I'm, I have been absolutely blessed with some of the most incredibly talented regionals out there in the operations side. I, I'm actually changing all their titles to right now to VP of operations dash whatever region they're in. They are so talented. Um, it, you know, it's, I, I always cut I want to keep my band together. You know, we, we play so well together and they, they perform so great every day. I can't imagine um, having the band uh, fall apart. And it's funny. It's, it's funny that the analogy uh, that I'm using is so interesting because I, I watch some of these movies on bands from time to time. I find that I love music. And um, so I was watching the, the Motley crew. It's so completely outside of our world and such, it's kind of a crass movie at the same time, but you know, it's funny. You put these bands together and one person leaves and it just like falls apart. And, you know, so you, I, I do I do a lot of FaceTime visiting my regional VPs and and uh, a lot of Zoom calls with them and and we're we're all going to Florida next month for a, a, a summit to really get ready for next year. But spending time, investing time in, in your people, um, there's no greater place that you can put your time than in visiting properties, but with your team members. And uh, I see uh, executive directors coming into our company that we can, you can see, we can groom them. I've seen marketing directors and nurses and business office managers that you can see they've got that skill set where we can keep providing them opportunity. If, they, if they're committed to the industry, we can give them those opportunities. Um, We'll hold, we host uh, large you know, meetings for our executive directors from time to time. And it's like, we always do this, raise your hand if you started in a position other than executive director. And it's usually about 80% have started with us in a, from environmental services, maintenance person to uh, the nurse to marketing. They've moved up and it's so rewarding to see that. And some of our people are now, you know, 17 20 year and so forth veterans with the company and they're still kind of young. So it's like, wow, you must've started here when you were like, what, 18. And they're like, yep. I'm like, that's amazing. You know, so it's really fun to see that kind of stuff. But, but the best thing is also, I think our industry associations are, are now doing such a great job with rising leaders and, and different types of programs to even elevate, uh, folks who really have just a desire to move up, they can really grow uh, just through simply being a part of an association and attending certain events. And uh, we've sent people to those over the years as well. And it's paid off really well. 
Well, um, Lucas, I think Greg uh, touches on such a, a vital piece that I don't think, um, especially outside of our industry, it's the story of our industry is told frequently enough or eloquently enough because, for example, you know, I think uh, we, we love to use Chick-fil-A as an example. I think they do a great job oh, sure. at, at recruiting and, and basically creating this culture where people feel like they could come in knowing nothing and eventually own their own store. And what I'm hearing you talk about, I actually see that. Thankfully, Lucas and I get to travel and, and meet a lot of folks like yourself and, and you see these great success stories of even caregivers coming in, really not even knowing they were capable of more than, than what they were coming in to do. They ended up running these communities and having this great career pathway. And I, I think one of the things our industry needs to do is tell those stories outside of our industry more. And so I love, love, love that you touched on that. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. We we have seen so many times where a caregiver comes in and they're just really naturally good at uh, engaging the resident activities. They become a life enrichment coordinator. And from there, they get all this confidence. And then they're really good at showing people around and taking the pods so that become a marketing director. And then they're like, gosh, I, I really nailed this marketing thing, but I'd like to try something else. You want to get into the business? Let's put you in business office. And then in literally two years later, with over a six-year period, they've gone from caregiver to executive director. Yeah. And it's like, how great is that? And I don't know how many industries you can do that in. I mean, probably you can, but this is, this is real exciting. I mean, like I always tell my kids, our industry has so many options. If you want to be a chef, if you want to be a hairdresser, if you want to be a, an accounting person, if you want to be a marketing person, you can kind of find your way here. And, you know, it's, it, I kind of always go back to team sports also. I used to coach football, I used to coach lacrosse, soccer, basketball. There's a position for everybody, no matter what their stature. I think our industry is really good at that as well. You know, Greg, um, with the little time that we have, uh, you know, it's a very entrepreneurial business. You've got such a history to lean on. And so I'm going to ask you to get your crystal ball out <laughs> uh, as best you can, um, knowing knowing that there's not one. So you've seen a lot of twists and turns and changes in this industry. Um, this year, we have a pandemic. Um and there's a sneaking suspicion that even though maybe you've never experienced COVID before, senior housing and healthcare have experienced all types of viruses and uh, different uh, you know, diseases and things like that. I actually believe that the industry is a as well equipped and better equipped than probably any other vertical or any other industry to be able to take this on. Where do you think that the industry goes and shifts as we close out 2020 and go into 2021? What does next year look like for senior living? I think next year you're going to see, um, from a construction stand standpoint, growth. I think you're going to see construction starts uh, come up again. Interest rates are really low. Uh, a lot of construction projects have been put on hold. Very few are opening right now. In, in the in the cycle, um, so I think there's going to be some some new construction starts next year. I think there's been a tremendous pent up demand 
there's no question that demographics are what they are. And our industry as a whole has, you know, everybody's occupancy has dropped anywhere from five to 8%. And, and it's because we're not getting the new move-ins because of fear. And, and frankly, you know, if you move your mom into a place and you can't visit her, you know, the guilt factor is, is even worse. Um, however, now that pe- the jobs are coming back and we're, we're seeing the job numbers come back, people aren't going to be home as much. Mom's going to have to move into a place. The pent up demand is there and we're seeing it. Um, we're starting to see upward momentum in occupancy, slow, albeit, but it's moving up where that last seven or eight months, it was going down. So it was a, it's really nice to see the shift. I think next year will be a, a really great year for any operator um, who's got uh, their, their protocols and their practices in place to keep the place safe. I think it's becoming much more of a digital environment. Our, your website, your SEO management, uh, your timeliness to respond to, to inquiries and leads, uh, your sales skills are going to be more important than ever before though. It's a, it's a very, uh, uh, the baby boomers are savvy. They are smart. They are well-equipped financially. They've got, um, they're very comfortable in the digital age. And we as an industry, I think are continuing to evolve quite well. We've got some work to do still, but it's coming together. Um, I think the uh, we're 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 starting to implement in new buildings the like Alexa, which is um, something that's been coming into our industry for the past couple of years, and I think it's really smart to to be looking at those types of avenues to uh, stay relevant. Overall, I think our industry is definitely going to have a much better year next year, profoundly better. I think the vaccine. Um, I personally, my, our whole company's all signed up. I, I'll be first in line. I, I put it in me. I'll try it. I'll take it for. I'll take one for the team. But I, uh, I, I, I think that that's going to be such a uh, motivation to go ahead and move mom or dad into a to a community. And um, you know, I think this year has been such a in, in, you know battled year for all of us. Uh, but we've had to really become better at expense management because census is dropping. Uh, Labor prices are higher. uh, Insurance costs are higher. uh, Everything went up uh, up dramatically. So we've had to become better operators with expense management. We are, um, you know, you have to, you have to look at your rental rates. I've talked about it in the past on different interviews. People have to charge an appropriate rate to keep the business thriving. Um, totally off subject. I went and I went and visited a property uh, recently in one of my travels, and it, they did, it wasn't one of ours. It was another. Uh, it was a not-for-profit operator. They were closing their doors, and I said, "Gosh, are, are you like fifty percent full?" No, no, we're one hundred percent full. Why are you closing? Oh, we can't afford to keep it open. Well, when was the last time you did a rent increase? Oh, we don't do rent increases. So they, they've just run themselves into the ground by being so afraid they would lose people that they're, cl- they're literally, they, they have asked all the residents to move over the next four months. And it's about 200 units. So it's like, oh my goodness, how sad is this? 
And some of those residents were moving to my building uh, for memory care services where they were paying you know, significantly less over there and significantly more at my place. But they're like, we saved so much money, you know, by moving mom and dad there that we've got a, you know, a lot more cash. We can, you, we can live at your place forever. It's like, well, yeah. Okay. You know, so um, I think people just have to be really wise about how they're managing their, their dollars and how they're managing their rent increases. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it is a business like any other business. Um, so we need to, we need to charge appro- appropriately, but I do think that 2021 looks to be extremely positive. And I, I see, uh, I see a huge demand tidal wave coming into most communities. I love that. So Lucas, you know, I'm just almost like having this vision of Wall Street when we when we drop this episode and our listeners are listening to this, we're going to boost this outside of our industry and this little ticker is just going to start going up cuz Greg just gave us an <laughs> awesome forecast and it's amazing. <laughs> well, I know our listeners are going to have a lot more questions. Um, they're going to want to connect uh, with you as best that they can to learn more. It's been great talking with you. I appreciate you. you spending time and letting uh, me and Lucas get to know you more, let our audience uh, see uh, the history of of what Frontier uh, has been and what your life history has been. Lucas, um, thanks, for, thanks for this suggestion. What an awesome find. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. We'll make sure we'll put um, your organization in our show notes. Um, thank you for actually being um, one of the few CEOs that's very active on social media, not only just on your personal life, but it, you know, you're giving accolades to your teams and you're, you're active out there. That's, that's something um, uh, Josh and I have always said that uh, the, the C-suites in our industry, they, they need to go uh, on the channels that people are watching and that's social media and in particular LinkedIn, cause it's more of our professional channel, but you happen to be on a lot of them. So thank you for doing that. Of course. And you guys do a great job. I, I've always enjoyed watching your podcast and uh, you guys are very good on social media yourself. I, I have to check social media about every half an hour to an hour because there's so many things I need to like for my own buildings. And that helps that push the SEO. So uh, if I can help drive traffic towards my buildings, I do that. That's very smart and very well said. Yes. <laughs> so um, yeah, another great conversation, Greg. Thank you so much for taking time out. We'll put all the things in the show notes. Everybody can go to btgvoice.com. You can download this episode, watch this episode, make sure that you like and comment on our social media pages. And if you have questions, please engage with us. Everybody have a great day and thanks for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridge the Gap, the senior living podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So visit btgvoice.com for all things about the podcast. Powered by supporting partners, One Day, Propel Insurance, Inquire, LTC REIT, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity.